When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Seds and Sandals, a PE podcast by the Lancashire Post. This week we're discussing who put the ball in the Blackpool net, takeover talks coming to an end, looking ahead to QPR and answering some questions sent in to us. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Seds and Sandals. My name is Tom Sandals and with me, as always, is Dave Seddon. Dave, I always say this, but I know what the answer's going to be. How are we? Who put the ball in the Blackpool net? Who put the ball in the Blackpool net? Who put the ball in the Blackpool net? Super Cameron Archer. I'm, I'm well, Tom. I'm well, Tom. I thought that was coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty good... Uh, Pretty good night we had last night, wasn't it? It really? was. You went all squeaky then, Tom. Well, yeah, so I think a bit of emotion there. Yeah, it's... Uh, you go into it and there's so much kind of anxiety and nerves mm. and it's kind of unavoidable, but that's that's the kind of payoff, isn't it? You've got all those nerves coming into it. North End beat Blackpool, 1-0 at Deepdale, packed out, great atmosphere, all four ends had North End fans in. It's... Perfection. Yeah. Oh, it was great. It was a great night. I say building up to it Tuesday during the day, I was I was nervous. I was sort of trying to keep myself busy with mm. a bit of work and then in the afternoon I sort of just tried to, you know, took took my daughter out, dropped her off at her friends. I went did the washing up, anything <laughs> to just keep my mind, I even dried up as well. So <laughs> there you go. And um a perfect house husband. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, I don't think my wife says that, but, <laughs> but just try and keep focused and you get you get to the game, you know, and it, you, the, the nerves do kick in, don't mm. they? You know, like for some people might say, Oh, it's just it's just another game, but I think a derby game, especially against that lot, it's just sort of it's yeah. so with what happened at their place in October. Mm. North End had to get it right last night, and that's where the nerves came from. You know, he c- really couldn't afford anything else apart from a win. Yeah. Um, and and so when it happened and the manner it did and the atmosphere, it's just a great, great Tuesday night. Yeah, I was saying going into the game, a, a draw wasn't enough for no. me. I, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, "Don't don't let them do the double." Mm. For me, don't don't let you can't let them take four points off you. No. you they, it had it was must win for mm-hmm. PNE, I yeah. thought. And, you know, they delivered like you, I was just sat about most of the day trying to figure out what to do with myself and try and keep myself busy. Time seemed to go so slow. Um I got there, I was thinking I was pretty much the first member of the press there and went up to the state to, to the pitch and immediately got a bit more nervous and then, you know, just sat about again waiting for things to happen and then 
it all kind of did and it started filling up and the atmosphere built and it was exactly what you kind of hoped for from yeah. the game really i thought north end going in at half time with a 1-0 lead could have easily had two or three maybe more i suppose there was two big opportunities in the same move but certainly could have had three mm. before half time i thought they were better they were better the better team better value for it just generally kind of did a job on Blackpool, really. They didn't really threaten. They have fairly decent wingers, you know, a couple of times when they got on the ball and they looked to break, they had forward runners. It looks a bit threatening, but North Enwood was always able to deal with them. I think tactically, Ryan Lowe got it spot on. He did, but if you listen to Neil Critchley after the match, <laughs> apparently Blackpool were the better side and had control of the game. Now, in the second half, they had more of the ball and they had more possession over yeah. the course of the piece. But Does possession necessarily no, mean control of the game? They didn't have a shot on target. Yeah, North End had two. It's not a great deal, but they scored one of them. Yeah, because ruthless. They hit the bar twice. Mm. And the second half, when North End sort of conceded possession a little bit and said, "Right, come and attack us." It was all them having the ball in an area where it wasn't going to hurt. You know, the Daniel Everson's night was about catching crosses or flick yeah. on. He did it very well as well. He did. Yeah, he commanded it very well. There was nothing to really threatened him apart from a free kick near the end you went over the bar yeah. but I thought no I thought North End got the game plan right I thought first half performance was so good mm. they, they pressed the ball well they didn't give Blackpool any time on the ball um, the midfield's been criticised of late mm. Whiteman Brown and Johnson but I thought those three were excellent last night I thought Whiteman was absolutely mm. top notch sat in front of that back four nicking the ball all the time setting stuff off and just, just, just his retention, yeah. it just it just seems to pop up in the right places, and with one two touches, just mm. kind of lays it off. He, he just keeps it so well, and it just goes about it with minimal fuss, really, yeah. as well. Mm. But you know, you look at the course of the game. Sort of Brad Potts makes a tackle inside the mm. second minute, which, sends himself flying as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was worth a standing ovation alone. Greg Cunningham won a throw in down by the corner flag. Mm. In the first half, and he was, you know, it was a real good sort of nick possession off him, and it was almost celebrating yeah, yeah. with it. You know, that, that was the whole atmosphere. And North End just built themselves into the game quite nicely um, as the first half went on. Put, always looked to threaten the counter attack as well. Just played some nice stuff around, mm. passed it around nicely. And the goal was probably typical of the night. It was, um, you know, started on the edge of the own box when Keshi Anderson Dived. went down. <laughs> Yeah, he put his leg in the way of Whiteman's, didn't he, to sort of get contact that way. Referee, to be fair to him, was right up with play. Wave play on. Brad Potts picked it up, plays it out down to the right to uh, Reese inside inside his own half. Emil Reese went down that inside right channel, but on his left foot, he was always going to look it to play inside. Mm. Lovely crossfield pass to Archer. Now, I'm watching the replay. I don't know if Archer's first touch was to make the angle or whether it wasn't the best touch mm, in the world. Mm. It took him slightly wide on an angle, but he actually opened it up beautifully for his left foot. Yeah. And it was a great crisp drive. I think Kenny Dougal there, yeah. skip, uh, their 12. midfielder, came across. 
It went through his legs, which meant Maxwell saw it late, mm. right into the bottom corner, dripping off the turf. It was. Yeah. It was. We, it's we, probably we, the only place it goes in as well. We were it? right. So we were in the Finney at the back of the Finney stand, and so we had a lovely diagonal view. And he hit that. Yeah. It was a bit like Reese's at the other end against Bournemouth. Mm. As soon as he hit it, you could see where the gap was. Yeah. And as you, but it was a much smaller gap this time. But you could see once once that went past the keeper, that was going in. And, and off goes uh, off goes Brad Potts first in front of the Blackpool fans. Arms windmilling all over yeah. the place. Uh, and then then uh, Cameron the Archer shushes the away yeah, end. Yeah. Alan Brown stands behind him. And DJ comes. Yeah. yeah, and, oh, yeah. It, was, it was a good bit of uh, out housing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But no, it was just the second half. It was obviously the. The goal was scored, what, two minutes, two and a half minutes into 11 minutes of first half yeah, stoppage time, which came, came as a result of Dan Grimshaw, the Blackpool goalkeeper. He, he collided with uh, Cameron Arch, and I will go debate that in a bit, but um, left him with a head injury. Mm. Well, knocked him out, basically. Thankfully, and he's okay. Yeah, now, he's okay. Seems. Went to hospital. Um, up up and you, about now, I think. Yeah, yeah. So there'll be the concussion protocol with him, sort of mm. 10 days, whatever it is. So best wishes to him. Yeah, definitely. F- put, put rivalry to one side here. He got it a, doesn't matter. He got applause it's, from the deep down yeah, crowd yeah, as well, which yeah. is good. He, the, the good thing is he's okay. You mm. know, he's okay in hospital, got the attention there, and I hope, hope everything goes well with him. There was some debate, did Ar- when he collided with Archer, he dived at his feet, did Archer leave his knee in? I've not seen it again no. properly. They, I don't think they, don't think they were showing to. the replay no. too much, were they? So, um, anyway, the ref was up with it. He didn't give anything. He waved to play, you know, let play go on. Well, uh, well but, you know, didn't give a free kick, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. when game restarted. So, but that, you know, that that's what it was. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, 11 minutes of stoppage time at the end of the first half. So, mm. um you saw that out, and then all the second half, and I thought, I thought it was quite comfortable for mm. for a one nil in the end. Yeah, you mentioned obviously Neil Critchley's take on it. Um, mm. Thought they were in control of the yeah. game, which I don't think possession. I mean, I know, I know they lost against Man City, but Atletico are a prime example of a team that control the game without having possession. Yeah. You know, you, mm. you're a, you're able to set up. Mm. Blackpool didn't threaten. Blackpool's no. best chance was lumping it long and hoping for something yeah. to drop, which. Mm. It's not really a plan. No. That's just blind luck. Well, you saw that side, they had Medina up front mm. and then they had Anderson and they had Bowler sort of playing. And Hamilton. And Hamilton round there. Now, they had Yates on the bench. They mm. had Lavery on the bench. who were more sort of tricky. Who both, both came on. I thought yeah. Lavery looked a little bit more lively yeah. when he came on. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. They, but they're, 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 I think their approach was get it up to Medine and sort of get hope, people off around get the him. runners you know they had the 10 behind him and the you know the two wingers try and get the ball off to them yeah. but it, North End caught with that really well yeah. what I liked obviously we had the the four-three-three experiment at Derby for half an hour to start with he changed it back to 3-5-2 which it suits him and he mm. had round pegs and round hole in that he brought Greg Cunningham in at left back after the use of about eight or nine different yeah. left wing backs and Greg Cunningham while it was his first game in two months he gave him for 70 minutes comfort down that left hand yeah. side a natural balance a good head a good old head in that sort of experienced head in, in that atmosphere uh, he played it right and he put McCann on instead of him 70, 73 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. it was when his legs were tiring McCann nice bit of freshness coming yeah. in down that left hand side Ratting I know around. a little bit out of position but you know did well made a couple of breaks forward mm. 
was up against Josh Bowler in the end, who Northend were obviously thinking, well, he might come into the game a bit more as the game went on, offer a threat, so to have a fresh pair of legs with him yeah. was spot on, really. Again, it's Ryan Lowe just getting things spot on on, on the night. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I thought PNE just just bossed it, really. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. first half, I think I'd have liked to maybe see a little bit more output going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. There was, there was only a handful of breaks where, you know, and to be fair, they were creating chances, but it's mm-hmm. like, well, if, if you're doing it, could you do it more regularly? Second half, it was a different it was a different thing. And Ryan Lowe spoke after the game saying that Blackpool changed things up a lot, went to a few different systems. Yeah. So it was about adapting to that and handling that. And it was all about just kind of handling what Blackpool threw at them. And yeah. they did, and, and they still created a couple of chances. But at that point, when you're 1-0 up, mm-hmm. As a team, you'd like to think, you'd like to back yourself that you can keep them out, and that's exactly what they did. So I think every credit on that front. It would have been nice. I think Archie went through towards the end, mm, right at the mm. end, didn't he? And sort of took the wrong option out of the shot when he had people. He had it. He was going down one side. Brown. Brown going down the other. Could have played him and made it 2-0 because I've I've read on social media that apparently Blackpool have beaten us 2-1 <laughs> on aggregate this season. That's so how that works. I, di- I didn't realise the championship was um, a sem- uh, sort of two-legged yeah. uh, cup competition anymore. Yeah. Silly me. So Yeah, should uh, have known. Yeah, I should have known, yeah. so uh, But no, if it, it would have been nice, but we'll settle for one. And we had some good 1-0s against Blackpool. Tom Clark in 2013. Mm. Mickey Conroy scored in a 1-0 win in the FA Cup in 1994. So Archer joins that little club of players who have scored. Sort of yeah, he's got a winner in, against one, Blackpool. In a 1-0 win, yeah, at Deepdale. So, yeah. um, and I, I was saying after the game, the thing with winning the second one is you've now got six months mm where North End won the last derby. Yeah. So as much as I know it's very minor, mm. but this one's going to sting Let's for be a, petty. a long... Let's be petty, yeah. I like that. Yeah. This one's going to sting for a yeah. while, isn't yeah. it? So We've had, know. to be fair though, since October was rubbish, yeah, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. like North End's defeat over at Bloomfield was rubbish. And it's been rubbish reading their chirpy fans yeah. since all the way since then we're going to do this we're going to do that you know and uh, so sort of put it back in his box almost and uh, yeah 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 you think the next derby will probably they don't tend to have them right early season do they so we'll probably mm. be looking more towards the autumn I would have thought September end of September minimum probably October November whatever before mm. the season breaks up so just a little bit of time to dwell on this one yes uh, some you. big performances as well on yeah, the night huge I thought I thought well to start with I think everyone was worth an mm-hmm. 8 out of 10 plus yeah it wasn't a sort of oh well he was okay but I thought every, within the system that he played everyone was very very good I thought I was I was particularly happy for Alan Brown mm-hmm. because I know how much it means to him and I, during the game as well after the ball hits the bar it rebounds and it looks like it's coming to Alan Brown and he slips at the yeah. vital Both moment where he could have scored under him, he, yeah. Yeah. and I mm. feel like as he's going to it his eyes will have lit up he'll have known this could have been his moment and then it goes and he's got to pick himself back up obviously got sent off at, at Bloomfield Road mm. you know how much it means to him how much it means to be captain and I was just delighted for him to get that win. It's like a um, feather in your cap, isn't yeah. it, almost? That he, as captain of PNE, he's beaten Blackpool. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was brilliant on the night, covered every blade of grass, putting himself about, carrying the ball at the right times and just keeping it. Mm-hmm. I, I think, our, you know, from our point of view, the, the midfield, mm-hmm. <laughs> for me anyway, the midfield can't change at the moment anyway because of how well they kind of knit together at times and I feel like on the night they just completely bossed it they completely won 
the midfield battle. And I thought Brown in particular was very good. Whiteman slightly deeper was very good as well, just keeping the ball. And then for me, Patrick Bauer at the back was yeah. an absolute mountain up against Gary Medine, which is no mean feat because no. he's, he's very good in the air, but Bauer just gave him nothing. It was that core of the side, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Bauer, Bauer very good at you know the middle of the three. Yeah. Whiteman in front of him very good. Brown very good. Archer. Yeah. You, know, you, you got three nine, three or four nines down yeah. that middle. It's that that thought, spine, yeah. isn't it? It's, thought, it's always very important. And Everson yeah. claiming anything that was slightly too long, yeah. you'd come and claim. And you know, at times when you see a goalkeeper coming in derbies and things like that, you get a bit anxious. Like, oh, what could happen? And we saw it with Chris Maxwell dropping one when he came at, at Fulham. Mm. But with Everson, you. Don't get that. You know when he's coming, oh, thank God, right, Everson's there, and it's all it's all going to be fine. And then, you know, work rate for us, we've, we've talked about Greg Cunningham a couple of minutes ago, but down the other side, I thought Brad Potts was, just, mm. they call him the horse, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, the race horse. And he was, he just powered up and down that side to give North End energy down that side. Mm. It was his cross, one one of his crosses that deflected up onto the bar, he's that brown slipped in the, in the follow-up, but... No, he was very good. I thought Reese, after a couple of quiet games, was yeah. being hooked at Derby early when they had the red card. I thought he was very good in a different kind of way. We sometimes don't see a lot of Reese if he doesn't score, mm. but obviously setting up the goal. Yeah. And I just thought his general play was very good. And as I say, I thought everyone was good. I thought McCann, when he came off the bench, the one sub, they only made the one mm. sub. But he it was made just at the right time and he brought just what they needed in at the time. We talk about the midfield, Tom. It was. The way they played at um, Derby and Luton, I think had we not been playing Blackpool last mm-hmm. night, I could have seen Ryan Lowe changing it. I think, and he would have been justified too. But I yeah. think the occasion needed that settled yeah, three yeah, yeah. in there. I think there's time for experimenting as we go forward in the, these last few games of the season. Probably wouldn't do it against QPR because I think they need to build on it. Yeah. But, you know, in, in the future, I'd like to see McCann, like a lot of North End fans, I'd like to see McCann play somewhere in that midfield, mm-hmm. whether it be in Whiteman's role, see if he can do that, or whether he can do what Do you switch role. Brown to a wing-back, well, maybe? he could do, yeah. It's worth, you know... Pots he on the say left, he wants Brown to, on the right. Yeah, he just say he wants to experiment a little bit, mm-hmm. so that might be it. But just dealing in the here and now, mm-hmm. I thought, the three, you know, the three played, played really well. So and I think, you know, pe- people go on, you know... DJ seems to be. I appreciate DJ as a player so much, the skill he brings. But I think it, sometimes his work rate gets underestimated. Yeah, yeah. His work rate last night is pressing. He, he set up that chance for Archer early on when Blackpool were trying to play out the back and Johnson was on it, intercepted mm. it, played him in. Archer sort of brought it onto his right foot and had a shot deflected. But just that kind of thing from Johnson, I thought he, he did very well. So, Yep. And uh, also worth mentioning the. PNE fans oh, and the and the yeah. uh, surfer flags. I, I just think everything about North End fan base was superb last on, on Tuesday night. You know, mm. it was um, yeah six six thousand pounds raised by PNE online to buy those two surfer flags, which looked superb. The fitted yeah. one was massive. Yeah, and the, the I love the design of the the deep the the other one that was the Preston on top. skyline with yeah. Deepdale at the centre. That was brilliant going up and down it. I think the finny one got more attention. Yeah, you know, being with what it birthday. was. But it, it was absolutely massive, you know, mm. and uh, no, that was great to see. But the whole atmosphere, you know, we've had we've had times where there's been big crowds in Deepdale, but it's been a bit quiet. You know, the the, tre- the Derby game earlier in the season when it was Trevor Herring's mm. Memorial game, it was a very sort of Somber. flat atmosphere, mm. sombre atmosphere. 
Liverpool in the cut was okay, but it could have been better. But mm. this was fans singing, having 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 that block of fans at the at the in the Bill Shankly Cop. Yeah, just it, it completes it, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, and we were saying just before we we started recording, I saw a, a video on Twitter of of the start of the game. Well, just before the game, where the um, wise man say wise man say song was playing, and the whole stadium was singing it. And it's, I love it. The proper version, the proper Elvis version. Yeah, yeah, it was so good. uh, But whoever, someone was recording it on his phone in the the cop, and what I loved about it, the the, the Preston accent was just coming through with it, you know? It wasn't Elvis trooning away, it was proper Prestonian, it was was lovely, but um, no, but it was, it just kept up the atmosphere all the way through, you Mm. know? It was uh, not like, oh, we're having a, Blackpool have got a bit of the ball, we'll, will be a bit quieter or whatever it was you know it was right up there Blackpool fans they came they brought the 2,153 they were you know they were trying to sing give them credit for that yeah. but the North End fans sort of made sure they, they turned it to proper home game you mm. know? And I know I'm not condoning the use of flares around the ground but it it looked good at times, mm. you know, like, well, yeah, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, like, almost a bit of colour, bit of smoke going get off. get a flare in the times. press box, are we? No, no, nothing <laughs> like that, so. But, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I shouldn't really say it, but, you know, I just thought the whole atmosphere was mm. very, very ultra and very good. I, I really enjoyed it. And, See, uh, but right. there's people everywhere, even in the hospitality area near us. Yeah. People were up clapping, shouting, yeah. you know, it was like... Uh, and Ryan Lowe spoke after the game about... Mm, Doing that more often, mm. getting Deepdale packed, getting mm. Deepdale rocking, you know, week to week, not yeah. just for these mm. big occasions. Now, that's not going to happen overnight, and it's not easy, especially now with cost of living going up, things yeah. like that that, that mm. massively and certainly do impact people. Oh, of course, they do. Some people, there will be a the way we're going. There's, there's going to be an impact. Do you pay your gas bill? Or do you go on football yeah. or do a hobby or do any other kind of hobby where you have to pay for it? So yeah. no, no, I agree with that. But it's a slow build, and I think I think a derby like that will always mm. bring out the special. It'd be hard to recreate that against QPR, for example. But you so know, but what yeah. is the scope of it? Yeah, and what is the scope of of you know? Because I think Ryan Lowe's in a way he's coming from Plymouth, where they they did they're the only team kind of. For miles. For miles. Yeah. They did have a, a large yeah. fan base that, yeah. that went away. North End have never really been getting 18,000 every yeah. week. No. If that's what you need you know, to build. he's expecting from Plymouth. But it, it is different, isn't it? So what is the scope to build? First of all, well, the numbers, the fact that you can get, uh, what, 16, mm-hmm. I think it was 16,600 16, it worked out at North End fans there last night. You can... For yeah, albeit for a special game, you know, you're not you're not going to get that it on TV too. Yeah, with it on TV, you're not going to get that there all the time. But you, you, what you want to do, you, you got to grow the average attendance first. You've got to rather than it sort of being an average of about eleven thousand home fans turning up every other Saturday or Tuesday night, that needs building up to twelve to thirteen yeah. to fourteen. Was it not yeah. around fourteen for the League One promotion? Was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. But that's with success. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, yeah. Look, you looked at all the seasons where North End had done well. Getting, that's where you're looking, isn't it? That's get, getting into the getting into the playoffs when Billy Davis was manager. It was it was a bit of a, you know, there were some attendances earlier in the season which were a bit lower, but as the sort of not the finishing line it crept, but but when fans could see there was a pattern of sort of success almost potential for success that's when the crowd started to build up and it was the same same on the promotion season under the Moyes David Moyes same under Gary Peters in the 90s you know like 
you know, decent numbers to start with and then as you see the success potentially coming, always raised up, you know. Mm. And I think one one thing we know, North End's away attendance is a very North End's away support is very good. Yeah. That's been a consistent sometimes how many they take away if you were to average it out, correlates way above what they're getting mm. at home almost, you know. So, uh, but it's just, I think it's a slow build. They probably have, to, they're going to have to be inventive with ticket prices, with promotions, which they seem to do a bit more now. So, yeah, I would uh, say they are quite proactive on that front. Yeah. But I know, I know the crowd's going to drop for QPR on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's natural, you know. No criticism there, but you just hope that some of them who went, you know, who who went to the Blackpool match, who might not have been regular at Deepdale this season, a few hundred girls might go. You know, so, so enjoyed Tuesday. I was encouraged by it. Mm. I'll, I'll go again Saturday. You know, so yeah. it's something I want to be a part of because yeah. that's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of football, isn't yeah. it? I suppose it's that. Camaraderie. Yeah, there's another four home matches left, aren't mm. there? Four, four home, two away. But, uh, but you know, there's obviously for a derby match like that, there are people who will make that as their one-off game for the season. That's yeah. fine. They paid the money, they do it. They've had a good night. But, yeah, you know, they might still just contributed. Be, they to might, it. Yeah, they might just be tempted once more. You know, mm. like so, it, it's that slow build you got to go to. So, yeah. But as you mentioned, it is uh, QPR on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a big change, really, isn't it? I suppose because you can't compare it to Blackpool. No. They're a much different side. They're a much, you know, they're yeah. a different end of the table almost. Um, they've been around the playoffs most of the season. Um, a bit of a strange game at QPR, mm-hmm. um, where North End were just a bit all over the place, despite mm-hmm. being ahead at one point yeah. and, and all that. Um, Got beat three two, didn't they? One yeah. nil down, two one ahead. Yep. And then Sean Maguire with the pass three for Emil Reese from yeah, the halfway line, if you remember that. Oh yeah, Josh Earl scored for yeah. North and North End early in the second half. And then he did like a weird like he like controlled it and then let their guy score at one point, which yeah. was, was it was just it was strange. And Liam Lindsay was like fell over. Yeah. yeah it was a bit of a dog's dinner of a goal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was just a, a strange day. But you know, they're a good side, QPR. Mm-hmm. We said at the start of the year we thought they'd be up there. They're kind of falling away at the moment. Um lost at They've lost the last four games. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about. I mean, I, I wrote a piece um, today for the paper about you know QPR and PNE are quite different at the moment because QPR since February I think have won two of thirteen or two of twelve something like that. Mm. Um, the, there's talk about Mark Warburton being replaced and there's a lot of contracts expiring, all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot of change that they kind of want at QPR. Whereas North End's kind of the opposite. They're quite settled now with Ryan Lowe. Mm-hmm. You know the the picking up the there's consistency in selection, mm-hmm. and there's a much more you know together unit about North End compared to you know QPR. Even despite them being ninth and only a, a mm-hmm. handful of points away from the playoff place, like three points out of the playoffs now. I would have had them nailed on for a playoff place a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. The, the absolute the form has dipped. I think I think it's a real it will be a real big challenge actually for Ryan Lowe on Saturday. This kind of game of sort of. I'm sure his team talk was a good one in the dressing room ahead of Blackpool, but it almost took care of itself, I would have thought, when the yeah. players were out for the warm-up. Once he got the tactical side of the, the team talk done in the build-up to the game, mm. the actual last bits before you go out onto the pitch, you should sort of do it for, you know, yeah, yeah. Do it for the team. Just go and look now around. That, <laughs> that, that should have been, that would be quite easy and straightforward. The lads had gone out, warmed up. They would have seen the atmosphere starting to build. They'd be able to hear it. Now, it's a bit of a different kettle of fish on Saturday. It'd be a smaller crowd. It'd be a bit quieter. Not got that sort of 
sur- buzzing and surrounding it. So it'd be it'd be interesting to really sort of not not pick them up, but keep them at that level that they were at on uh, on Tuesday. You don't want after the Lord Mayor show. Mm. They've struggled a little bit with injury QPR, but they've got a, a man back. I know you like uh, Lyndon Dykes mm-hmm. recently, yeah, yeah. who's mm-hmm. quite handy. They've still got people like Ilias Chair, Andre Gray, so they've still got good players. Chris yeah. Willock's the big loss for them. They, he's out for the rest of the season. But, you know, QPR always seem to do quite well against North End, yeah. I seem to think. I yeah. remember, you know, a Barry AZ beating North End at home basically yeah. by himself when they had 10 men. Yeah. Um, but like you say, I suppose it's just about following up. That mm-hmm. that's the main thing, yeah. isn't it? That's what North End. I think they've only they've only done back to back wins three times this season. Mm. That that's where they need to be far better. Stringing some wins together. That's why they're mid table. Mm. It's sort of if you win one and you draw one and then you lose one. But uh, what I can say is that Tuesday night was far so so much better. It was on a different stratosphere than. Luton yeah. for the international break and even Derby se- several notches above Derby yeah yeah, so. yeah. better well, than Cardiff as well and they were, you know they'd had, they hadn't played at home for a month they beat Bournemouth 2-1 finished off, off so well went to Cardiff the next week and drew 0-0 then yeah. they had those two defeats either side of the international break sort of stored the momentum a bit so hopefully they're, they're sort of heading back in the right direction now. yeah not expecting many changes then as well for, for, for QPR no I don't think he'll be tempted to change it too much as I say I think the experiment uh, expert put my teeth in experimentation might come a little bit as as we go forward but yeah. after such a good result against Blackpool I, it wouldn't be one where I'd be looking mm. to change formation or or change that many personnel if someone's got a bit of a knock or something yeah. fair enough you know Chad Evans wasn't available for Blackpool game he got a a bang on his toe apparently at Derby mm. <laughs> apparently he wanted injections in yeah. it to play but North End don't seem to want it, you know, Ryan Lowe's very keen on this, not wanting to take risks with players' injuries. For the He'd case. rather than miss one week than yeah, six, yeah. essentially. Now you could think, is Blackpool one of those games where potentially you risk a player? Mm. It's a one-off, but I suppose in the grand scheme of things, you know, with squad size, you had other players available, it, you know, it wasn't a playoff final. However important it was, it you know, it's not worth risking someone's sort of health yeah. or whatever. How do you turn around to, say, Pots or yeah. someone? Go, you, you were great Tuesday, but uh, yeah. just sit this one yeah. out for me, will yeah. you? you Tell know? you what was interesting, how, how he only used the one sub. Because mm. he, well, I asked him about that after the match, you know, because North End actually could have made four subs yeah. because the goalkeeper was a concussion sub. Black, you get given that ex- both teams are allowed to make Blackpool are allowed to make another three on top mm. of that and North End are allowed to m- make four subs you know one extra on top um, as it was he only used the one sub with Ali McCann coming on I mean, it's quite interesting to see Ryan Lowe explain that in some games you can see bringing players on it does it can inspire you it can sort of disrupt. change things but he says on another way he said it can disrupt and he yeah. he just felt the players even though they were starting to get a bit tired they were in a pattern where they knew where they needed to be and yeah. things like that had you brought someone on to sort of waste a bit of time or run the clock down it just could have disrupted that mm-hmm. little pattern brought on a sub in the 85th minute who was a bit cold comes on you know not quite used to the pace of the game even if you're tired but you're used to the pace of the game I think that, that's far yeah, you know, yeah. healthier yeah. yeah I think I 
I know I said it earlier in this podcast, but I just mm. think Ryan Lowe got it spot on mm. with everything, mm. with everything that he did. Um, I think that's why Northampton fans are getting around him so well. As well. he explains it, mm. you know, you can see. Yeah. He had taken a bit of stick. I was reading on, you know, the, mm. the forums and a bit on Twitter. He actually probably got his first serious lot of stick after probably a bit after the Luton game. But then particularly after the Derby game, mm. I mean, well, the Derby game was 1-0 as opposed to a 4-0 Luton. A little bit more seemed to be coming his way. Mm. Saw some comparisons to Frankie McAvoy. Yeah, and things like that. So I think it was, you know, it, it was good good for him to show that side that he's sort of, um, you know, back on back on track almost. Yeah. yeah. And before we move on from uh, this, I just want to mention uh, Declan Rudd as well. Yeah. Who was, who was in attendance for the Blackpool game uh-huh. to celebrating his career and his time at North End after mm-hmm. having to retire, having to retire early, which is a, a massive shame. Yeah. Dex, he's only 31 mm. and having to retire with a knee injury. I, know, I noticed when we saw him yesterday, he's still limping. Yeah. It's not a, you know, it's looked, obviously looked a, very, a bit uncomfortable, didn't it? An unpleasant injury is sort of, the cartilage came out of place and hit into the back of his kneecap. Now that just sounds horrible. Mm. And he, I think he's had three operations and uh, obviously had to sadly call it a day at a very young age. Um, I think it had been in the offing for a few weeks, but mm. while things like he got his head around it, while insurance, etc., surgeons reports, they couldn't announce anything officially, but it got announced last week and. It was nice that Deck was able to come up for this game. I know he, he lives back down in Norwich, and so he, he spent a lot of time there. Ryan Law said, "There's no need for you to keep coming in here, mm. you know, when it looked like he was going to be finishing, you know." So go and be uh, with your family. Yeah, going to be with your family. He's got two young kids, and um, so it was nice. So it wasn't just the fans who were seeing him again; it mm. was his teammates yeah, and yeah. Having, having, a, having a chat with him and. Um, Modest guy. I, 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 I've not seen the Sky coverage of the game, but my wife was watching it at home, and she was saying, "Deck was interviewed, or he was in the studio. I'm not too sure what it was at the ground." And he was saying, he said he would have preferred Tom Finney, Sundra's birthday, to get all the attention. That's mm. what it was about. He, he felt a little bit uncomfortable that people were there to to clap him when it w- wasn't really his night. But mm. I thought it was, I thought it was a lovely touch for him yeah. to, to come onto the pitch. And um, Alan Kelly presented mm. him with a sort of memento of his time at North End, who yeah. used to be, uh, you know, his goalkeeper coach. And uh, um, no, it was just, just you know, wish Deck all the best. He's been a great, mm-hmm. 196 appearances for North End. Without the injury, it would have been a lot more. Yeah, um, he did so well, I thought, to mm. win his place. in Because he... I always remember when he first came in on loan, I thought he was he was brilliant, mm-hmm. and then he ended up going away for a bit. Ended up at Charlton, which was so frustrating because mm-hmm. it seems so obvious for it to try and get him back. But Norwich would obviously didn't want to let him go to a, someone in the same division. He finally came back, and then he had a bit of a, a fight to keep mm-hmm. his place with Chris Maxwell. Then won that fight, became more consistent, the most mm-hmm. consistent, and then there was a period where he was. Just brilliant, yeah. just just so steady mm-hmm. in that in that North End goal, which was something that had been missing for a while, and I think it's every credit to, to Deck for that. I know he keeps joking whenever he talks about his retirement. He, he threw a few in in his time, but I thought he was I thought he was very consistent. So does every goal. Yeah, yeah. There's, the, there's the Birmingham one, of course, but yeah. you know, one, yeah, he went for a little spell where a few might have done a little bit better with one or two, but no, he's a very consistent goalkeeper mm. for North End, and uh, I was looking back at some. You know, when I did a piece on him last week, 
couldn't believe how young he looked when he first mm. signed. You know, now he's got the beard and the white yeah, hair. Yeah. It's a bit, bit more refined. Gone, gone now, full yeah. Viking, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, now that he looks... So I remember when they signed him, and I think Torsten Stuckman was in goal at the time. They'd also had Simonson there, and mm. I think they just released him, and it was sort of a player arriving every week under Graham Wessel at the time. I thought, well, why are they signing another goalkeeper here? But he came into the side, and he, he did ever so see. well. Yeah. And Simon Grayson took over and brought him back for the full season, the following season. So, And then he came back just as Alex Neal was, you know, just before Alex Neal took over. Mm-hmm. Could have been a bit of, you know, trepidation on his part was there. It Grayson signing, wasn't it? I yeah, think well, yeah, um, because... Yeah, um, and then Alex Neal came in, who'd left him out at mm. Norwich anyway. Deck came in, and he actually got injured in the, the was it the first friendly game at Bamber, Bamber Bridge. Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't Taking see a goal him. Kick. Didn't see him again until about January, which was frustrating. But he, as I say, he wrestled it back, mm. got his place, and uh, stayed in most of the time. You know, yeah. so but best of luck to Deck. And, yeah, uh, every credit. Hopefully, we'll get the chance to catch up with him at some point yeah. and uh, share a few memories with him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now the other news that's mm-hmm. been knocking around has been that North End are no longer in talks uh, with any other parties in terms of a takeover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the official line. Mm-hmm. Reading between the lines, Chris Kirchner was involved in potentially buying the club. That's no longer the case. Since then, it's been it's come out that he is now officially the preferred bidder at Derby County, where he'd initially tried to buy mm-hmm. before then coming to uh, look into PNE. Um, I suppose it's kind of as you were from a yeah. PNE point of view. Now they have plans in place for multiple years under the under the Hemmings family. Yeah. Uh, so nothing changes there. I suppose the main thing is now contracts can be offered. You can look more reliably into the summer. You know what your situation is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people kind of saying as Chris Kirchner used North End to, to get at Derby. It's hard to say. Yeah, I I just think, I don't know, you you look at it and I think it's it's been business. It's Mm. been how things are done in business is sometimes not the way the average man in the street behaves. Basically, Kirchner tried to buy Derby before Christmas, pulled out of that one, wanted a... I think he really liked what he could see in Derby. But then when he couldn't get Derby, decided he wanted a championship football club. Yep. didn't matter who, which I suppose you always want a sort of local type fan base sort of to, you know, fan of the club to buy it. But there's not, every club has not got, mm. you know, the Hemmings family is probably a sort of one-off in terms of wealth around here. Yeah. North End fan to buy a club. Not many billionaires coming there's out not of Preston. Many, no, but <laughs> at any club, there's not many, you know, Chelsea might be able to attract the sort of mm. billionaires from all over the world. But your average championship club doesn't, mm. so it was always going to be out outside of a sort of fan base stroke, sort of if you knew what I mean. Yeah. Um, so Kirshner looked at North End out of the area. Out of the area, yeah. Agreed a fee with it, you know. Agreed a fee sounds like a transfer. Yeah, yeah. So it came to a sort of understanding of how much they'd pay for for North End. What I, what I believe is that had. Um, he he offered what he offered originally in February was agreeable to North End, and he wanted to do it before the thirty first of March, mm-hmm. and that was done at a slightly lower price than it would have done had the deal happened after the first of April and dragged into the summer, mm-hmm. and one North End might have got a little bit less by it done being being done by the thirty first of March, 
what it meant is entering into this sort of next few months where obviously after the end of at the start of May, mm. you've no gate money coming through the door. Saves because, on future costs. Yeah, it, it does, yeah. So it'll probably have balanced itself out quite nicely. Anyway, once the fee with Kirchner had been agreed in February, he was granted exclusivity on the deal mm-hmm. um, and due diligence. And then after the due diligence spell, he obviously came back and wanted to renegotiate. Obviously, he looked at the books and said, well, thinking I'm not getting what I want here. And I think there was a didn't seem too keen on taking on Springfield yeah. and on the land at Ingle, Ingle, you know. So anyway, they the couldn't agree a deal, basically. You know, I think what he wanted to offer was a lot less than what was offered last time fell quite a bit short. And in the end, the exclusivity ran out for uh, midnight on mm. last 31st of um, March. Yeah. Um, he could, there was nothing stopping him to then again come back in, but mm-hmm. it just seemed like he'd, he'd walked away. And I think reading between the lines, it looks like Darby's administrator has then made contact. Well, if you're not involved in Preston, come back to the negotiating table at Derby. What could we do? So it looks like he'd be taking over there. I think Mike, it's a preferred bidder, but I think it's still going to take a couple of months or so. It's yeah, not the easiest process. I changed don't think the stance, I think, on the stadium, stadium, haven't they? Which was the biggest yeah. stumbling block last time. They've changed yeah. the stance. I think the well, council Mor- are now interested yeah. in buying it, which will help him out. Yeah, Mel Morris, the former owner of Derby, mm. he owns the stadium mm. and he's got a mortgage on the stadium. And so, what, 26, 28 million? A lot of money, yeah. yeah. So that's always going to be the sticking point, yeah. Mm. So. But, but we not- move on, as you say... It's not as if Kirchner had taken over North End and then pulled out or anything. Mm. He was there in the background, mm-hmm. but in terms, it was still being run by North End and it will carry by the Hemmings family and it will still carry on like that. So I know I could understand trying to gauge from the forums and from Twitter and talking to people. I think there were two distinctive camps. I think there was some who were really wanted to take over, they could see it, it could bring a fresh approach. Because what Kirshner said during his question and answer on Twitter when he was on the plane that time, there were some good ideas in there. Yeah. Not, no... It's no easy wi- to say the right things. Yeah, though, but there was, you know, there was no issues with those. Yeah. But it's okay saying them when mm. you're not the owner. You know, it's, it's doing those things when you got the ownership. But, you know, there has been some fans who were disappointed that a chance for change has gone with this one for now. Uh, but there's an, there's another train of thought that there was not the trust in him. You know, yeah. like there was a, not not in him, but, you know, just a sort of, you know, a bit, bit unease about it, about someone coming from the outside. And he still... Did he, re- did he want Preston North End or did he just want to come? Yeah, you, know, you still so. don't know what he's worth. We've spoken no. to a few people that have dealt with Kirchner personally mm-hmm. and yeah. you still can't quite weigh up how much he's worth no. so there is always that yeah. risk factor yeah oh yeah you've seen it. I've seen Simon Jordan on TalkSport describing as a billionaire I think he's I think Kirchner himself denied he's a billionaire mm. but I've seen something oh his company's only worth five million dollars or something now that's far too low. He's a wealthy guy. Yeah. He's wealthier than you or me, Tom. Yeah, so yeah. that's not difficult. So. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, but you know what I mean. He's he's a wealthy businessman. But whether being wealthy is, you know, he, it's a, owning a football club mm. is a real, real big. It's not just you know. I'm sure he has. I'm sure. He, I'm sure what he was going to pay for North End originally. 
I'm not saying it's loose change down the back of the sofa to him, but it was well within his means. Yeah. Where it would stretch anyone is running it from year to year. That's where that's where the drain is. Yeah. It's, it's Can you pay the fee and yeah. lose 12 to 13 yeah. million yeah. pounds well, a to year to start on top? with, until you get on top of it, mm. that's what it would have been. You pay your 25, 30 million or whatever it would have been to buy it, mm-hmm. which you could afford, but then it's that pumping in, that constant, well, what's the debt at the moment? They lost 13.6 million last year. So can you support that? And then as well, be putting in money to take the club forward because mm. the whole point of if someone's going to take over a club you want them to be injecting more money if possible quite a lot more than the previous owners otherwise there's no point doing it yeah. so yeah. no it's, it was quite an interesting one that so. I personally mm. don't mind it too much no, but it's not no. happening because mm. partly because I was concerned that Ryan Lowe may not have kept his job mm. and I really like what he's doing so far um, I think I wasn't convinced by him, mm-hmm. but that's not really going off much. I just wasn't really convinced. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also speaking to Ryan Lowe recently about how he's going about transfers and the analytics that he's using yeah. and and getting other clubs in and building these relationships, all that sort of stuff that isn't just talk, he's doing it. Yeah. And it all seems to make so much sense and could be so advantageous. I would hate to disrupt that. And yeah. I would much rather... And it, as seems to be the case at the moment, mm. he be in control of what's going on at North End and where it's going and building something for two, three years' time as mm. on you know for, to progress. I would much rather have that and leave it without disruption yeah. for at least you know twelve months or so. Yeah. I, I don't see the rush. North End have got a lot to work with this summer. I feel like when you've got about a dozen contracts expiring mm-hmm. and you've got people like, you know, Scott Sinclair, who's on a decent wage, Tom Barkazen's a regular first team player. There are wages that you can hand out to other players to yeah. be, you know, mm-hmm. I just think there was kind of almost too much going in the right direction yeah. for now to, mm-hmm. to, to have that much change yeah, for it, me. Yeah. You've been, if you're struggling, if you're struggling for cash, you'd be mm. desperate for a ter- takeover, as Derby are at the moment. Had it come to six, nine months earlier when yeah. Frankie McAvoy was in charge and it wasn't going great, you go, oh, well, he could bring someone yeah. new in, mm-hmm. inject a few a bit because the club needs a lift, but the club's had a lift from Ryan Lowe. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, at some point, Preston will change hands. Yeah. It will happen, you know, like, uh, whether that's in this season, next season three or four years ahead, you've got to accept that they will have new owners at some point. But just this one just didn't feel quite right at the time. Mm. Yeah. Well, we shall move on to some questions uh, from Twitter, if I can find them. Um, my mentions have changed a bit over the last 24 hours since I last tweeted it. Um, lots of stuff coming in. Uh, first one, what are the chances of making the Archer move permanent? Zero at the Slim moment. Slim to none. Yeah. <laughs> no, Villa aren't going to want a 20-year-old striker to go yet. There's, it was not very long ago we were talking of, we were getting a bit excited that he, Villa Villa would take him back in the summer and put him that straight in their first team. Now, I don't think that will happen. I think he's worth another year out in the Championship. We've said it before, Villa have some good strikers. They will spin spend big again in the summer mm-hmm. I presume on another striker as well especially if they keep Coutinho they want a fancy yeah. guy in yeah. front of him as well uh, you know Villa you know I couldn't see 
Steven Gerrard playing a 20-year-old lad up front, you know, yeah, just yeah. Who's, who's never yeah. played much in the Premier League. You could so. spend 30 million, Stephen, or you could chuck a guy in who's been at Solihull and Preston. Yeah, what, would you, yeah, what would you prefer? Yeah. So I, I do think the the more, the the better chance is of Archer coming back on a year-long loan yeah. in the summer. After He'll do a bit of pre-season, I should think, at Villa, yeah. where, make it, where Stephen Gerrard will make his mind up. Ryan Lowe's made no secret of his friendship with Steven Gerrard. Um, I'm sure he'll be leaning on him to, um, you know, loan him again. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, especially with, you know, things having settled down at North End. So, um, yeah, buy, buying him, it's a bit, you know, like, if no. Villa see potential in this lad. Yeah. They're not going to sell him. No, definitely point. not, definitely not. And even if they were, North End would not be able to afford that fee for no. a 20-year-old England youth no. international who's no. got... A goal every other start yeah. in the championship. Yeah. Um, I said about what to talk about, so this isn't a question as such. But how Greg Cunningham is such an intelligent footballer, and what a difference he makes uh, to playing with wing backs. And that's from Mrs. Cunningham. No, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a point that we've made a lot in terms of like not just about Greg, it just mm. in general and about future transfers and stuff. Yeah. Having the balance, having the right people in the right positions a, that, to I, do the roles that Ryan Lowe wants yeah. it's so important I talked about it earlier I referred to him as a round peg in a round hole last yeah. night it's exactly what he was and uh, he's one of the captains as well yeah yeah. he's left footed we've missed him over this last couple of months he's, he's the one who didn't, didn't actually get a lot of looking under Frankie earlier yeah. in the season but Ryan Lowe looked at him and like out of all those left backs he's used or left wing backs, he probably had until his injury, he'd had more more opportunities than the others. So I think Lowe sees him as um, you know an important cog in the side. What you need, I think, next season is a younger Greg as well, a younger yeah. natural left wing back, stroke left back who knows what Ryan Lowe wants. More I of a he? dribbler. More of a dribbler. More getting high up the pitch. Mm. So Greg's a bit more of a left back, but I thought mm. he, he did his role last last night. Probably wasn't the one for wing backs absolutely bombing up. No, and well, you've seen when he gets a run of games that he is capable of getting yeah. forward. I think he probably just needs a few more games to get that yeah. engine in him. Yeah. Obviously, West Brom was the standout where he Set played a part in both goals. goals. Yeah. yeah, you'd like to. It'd be ideal if Greg. Cunningham was now available for every game between now mm. and the end of the season. I know we're talking about experimenting, looking at different things, but the left wing back role has been experimented with yeah, yeah, substantially yeah. already. Then we, we know, know everything we need to know we, about that role. At the moment, we know that Greg Cunningham is the best left sided player for that role. You know, yeah, so and we uh, know that yeah. they need more in yeah. the summer. Yeah, so, so that's fine. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm a big fan of Greg. I, I call him Sir Gregory. I yeah. think he's, I think he's, he's, he's a great guy, and I think yeah, he's, really nice he's still a very, very good footballer. You know, he's been a bit unfortunate with injuries over the last few years, but as I say, if he could play, he only got six to go. Mm. If he could be available for all six. I think that'd be, be grand for him. He needs that, I think. To, yeah. I don't think he needs to persuade Ryan Lowe he's worth keeping on next season. He's got another year in his contract. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Ryan Lowe wants him there. But what he'll be looking to do is impress him even more. To so, start, maybe. Yeah, so that when another left wing back comes in over the summer, which he never really has to, yeah. it'll be Greg will be saying, oh, pick me first, you know, give me my chance first, you know. So Is this the end of Josh Hill? He got a he he not he got back on the bench last night, mm. didn't he? I think that and he's been what, left out tactically in the past out of the yeah, squad. Yeah, yeah, he's had a bit of an injury as well with his shoulder recently. Mm. But 
I think I think it was telling he was on the bench last night in case Greg got injured, but he he preferred to bring Ali McCann on ahead of him, mm. you know, out of position there. So you've got to think if he likes Greg and he's looking to bring in another wing back, that's a lot, you know, to carry free. Mm. Out and out wing back. He doesn't like a big squad either, Ryan. No. He, he said multiple times, "I've got a big squad. I've got like 25, 26 yeah. and, and that mm. seems yeah. too much. I think he probably wants maybe two elevens and maybe one or or two others. He probably yeah. he probably mm. wouldn't mind not even filling the twenty five. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially with how robust he wants the players and how much yeah. he wants them to to play through. Mm-hmm. Um, going to another another wing back that you've knighted. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone's tweeted about the renaissance of Brad Potts pure passion tonight want to throw in late on and celebrate with the Townsend looks like a proper player enjoying his job at the moment brilliant turn yeah he's done he's he's been one of the successes in converting him he could still say oh is he a a square peg in a round hole Mm. I don't think he's He's getting rounder yeah he's probably oval (laughs) at the moment (laughs) yeah yeah he's an oval one but he's adapted to the found a place for his energy yeah and his hard running and mm. you know he's the only thing he's going out on that side he's not much of a crosser of the ball as as that's it the, as, that's yeah. the only thing I noticed from the Blackpool game is that when I mentioned earlier obviously getting a dribbler there'd, mm. there'd be a few times where he'd kind of run with the ball and as soon as pressure came he'd turn back and yeah. keep it which is fine because obviously you know mm. you need to keep the ball mm. but every now and again you'd like to see them just go 1v1 and beat yeah. them but he's know. a good option for that side mm-hmm. I think another right wing back will come in. Yep. Um, and again, he'll be wanting to put forward to himself to Ryan Lawler and worth that start as well. If you're going to bring someone else in, yep. you've got to get past me, sort of thing. But um, no, no, if he done well out on on that side, a lot of eyebrows raised, myself included. When was it Stoke with the first game yeah. he was going to play there, and he scored an absolute crack of a goal, didn't he? You yeah. know, but. Uh, but he was telling that he was one of the ones left out against Derby, I think, with an eye of playing against Blackpool to make sure that energy was there. Yeah, and I think it, it worked a treat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is, do you think uh, Chris Kirchner has used PNE to get a Derby? And we've kind of, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. I don't think you'll ever really know. Like, say, once, once the administrators used, yeah. have come to back to him, it's not really yeah. that he's used it as a leverage to kind no. of go back to and go, well, look what happens if you don't let me buy them. I'll go there and. It, not really not the quite case as used, such. you know, it's worked out well for him in the end, I think. I think it's kind of yeah. put a bit of fear into the administrators yeah. that this was a decent offer. We're not getting anything since. We're getting, you know, towards crunch time here. Mm-hmm. He's after another club and yeah. all this. Like, we don't maybe want to lose him. The fact is, he, he, he was... The fact he... If he'd just been negotiating with no offending, hadn't come to any agreement, you could say it was a bit of brinksmanship, yeah, yeah. keeping an eye on Derby. But the fact is, in February, he did actually strike a deal to buy, mm. come to an agreement to a fee to buy the club. Now, obviously, he changed his position later mm. once he'd done due diligence and put in two lower offers, which weren't acceptable. So he had got to the point of being quite close to it. Yeah. So if it had just been in the background, a bit to and fro and messing around, maybe he hadn't used North End then. But I'd say not quite used them. But as it is, it has worked to his advantage to yeah. get Derby. But now you can see the advantage of why he wants Derby. Obviously, they're in a 
an awful financial mess at the moment. Mm. But when you go to they, you went there last week, there were 26,000 there. In good voice yeah, as well, to good be fair voice, to you know, They've got a big fan base. They have been in the Premier League. Yeah, You can see the attraction why I want some, although I think it's going to take some work. Yeah, they, they will be in League One next season. And he likes the, Wayne Rooney. Yeah, there's a potential of another points deduction next season, depending yeah. on how much they can pay. If they don't pay certain creditors a full amount, including the, the inland revenue. Yeah, they owe like 150 yeah, million or something yeah, crazy. So there'll be some creditors will only get the sort of 25p in the pound, but mm. there's some who have to be paid in full, and if they aren't, they get another 15 points off. So mm. there's going to be a lot of his money going to make sure people yeah. are paid before they can even start investing in the team, you know, so... Yeah, a bit of a, a strange one, but... Mm. Um, I think that's about it for this week, Dave. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm tired, Tom. I tell you, I don't know about you. But yeah, I, yeah. I just couldn't sleep after no. last night. After you know, obviously after after the game, put some stuff on on the website. Wrote stuff for the website, but then in the when I got home, we had to write more stuff for the paper and for the website. And so it was about half oh, two by the time I'd torn myself off Twitter looking mm. at videos and yeah, things yeah, like that. Yeah, catching up on everything. Yeah, so this podcast has been sponsored by a coffee chain, let's put it that <laughs> yeah. way, to sort of try and keep me awake. Yeah, so. I, I got back and just kind of stopped and my ears were just ringing, yeah. just ringing from deep down and it was mm. so, it was so good. Like, mm. you, you couldn't like, get into bed and you just led there like, just wide awake. You can't, you can't like Wired power down. Or, yeah, no, yeah. No, it was, no, it was, it was, it was fantastic. So. Yeah. But let's follow it up. Yeah. Let's try and beat QPR. That's, you know, yeah, yeah. Carry it on to end the season. What, it's like five, six games to go? Yeah. Just see and it through now. another derby to mm-hmm. come. Black, Blackburn here on... Um, Who've got a full 5,000. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> as I say, Black, Blackburn always give yeah. the Darwin end to North End the full, yeah, yeah. full allocation of tickets. I know there was one year where there was a bit of messing around with which tier got sold first. But apart from that, it's always been pretty smooth, you know, like... Well, I don't want to ignite the argument, but <laughs> an extra 800 tickets for North End fans at Bloomfield in October, they would, probably have, they would have ended up with a full cop on um, yeah. on on Tuesday night. But made the bed. It didn't. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah made your bed and you lay in it. What a shame. Uh, well, that's it for this week. All I have to say is uh, keep in touch with us on Twitter at Tom Sandals at Seds underscore LEP and at LEP underscore football for daily PNE stories. Go to LEP.co.uk for daily PNE stories and content and buy paper by the Lancashire Post for North End coverage and Northwest football coverage in there as well. A bit of Morecambe, a bit of Chorley, all that sort of stuff. But all that's left to say is thank you very much for listening. Thank you.